Bruno Racine is the president of the uh, Bibliothèque Nationale de France. Welcome to the Bibliophile. Thank you. Happy to be here. I'd like to uh, start off with your definition of a national library, whether or not it's more than just collecting all that's published and making it available, or if it serves a, a greater role than that. Well, the first mission is clearly to collect whatever has been published in a country. And we have a long tradition of this in France because the legal deposit was instituted in the 16th century. So a lot of material. A lot of material, indeed, <laughs> and, and of practice as well. But there is a broader sense, broader mission, which is universal. And not all the national libraries think that it's their mission to have such, a, such an ambitious goal. But uh, with several others, we have uh, for generations acquired, collected documents or books related to other cultures. So that it's a, it's a, ga a gateway to, to world cultures also. Much like the Library of Congress. Much like the Library of Congress, yes, yeah. or the British Library uh, and a few others. So you see your role as capturing everything that's been produced in the French world? Also in the French or Francophone world, but the, the, kings, uh, the French kings used to buy uh, Islamic manuscripts, Chinese one as early as the 17th century. So having items representative of those cultures is also, in our mind, uh, essential. And why is that? Well, because uh, culture is not, uh, of course, nations have their own culture, but a more demanding uh, concept of culture is almost by definition universal, open to, to others. And you can see that just simply in the way cultures or a country's population evolves. This is uh, all the, uh, the clear now that the French population is changing, at least in the big cities, quite quite quickly. You want to, to reflect what's going on in those different France cultures. has been a country of immigration in the 19th and 20th century. European immigration, Poles, Italians, Spaniards, Portuguese, etc., etc. And now uh, North Africa, Africa, Asia also. The we have to take into account this new reality. Yes, yes, it's, it used to be an imperial country. Now it's almost the reverse it's of that. Reverse. Speaking of French culture and appealing to a, <clears throat> a broader audience, I'd like to get into, it, it's called Europeana. Europeana, yeah. This is sort of a digitization, European digitization of cultural artifacts. Absolutely. That was just launched and crashed because it was so so successful. At least that's the spin that's been I th put I, on it. I think it will reopen for Christmas. Oh, know. is that right? <laughs> yes, before Christmas. I, I okay. Say. And you played an important role in that with the Galica, is it? Yes, Galica was <coughs> the, is the digital library of the of the Bibliothèque Nationale de France, and it was It was the first launched by a national library ever. It was uh, eleven years ago. Mm -hmm. It started at the moderate pace. Now this is uh, scanning and, primarily. And, and now it? it's scanning, yes. And now we have shifted to a more uh, ambitious program, which. In, in numbers is, is, uh, can be compared to what Google is doing with other libraries. Uh, at the beginning it was rather uh, an anthology, you know, we were digitizing uh, five or six thousand books a year. Now we are digitizing one hundred thousand. So we're much more comprehensive. Much, much more comprehensive, yes. Although we have millions of books, so uh, it would be uh, in any case a, a small portion yeah. or a minority, let's say. Which, which brings up the fascinating challenge of choosing what? Yes, 
but at the beginning the choice was so to speak a positive choice when you make an anthology you you choose the better when mm. you well, yeah but who says what is better the librarians of course that's the their, their job but now it's it's different because when you you reach such numbers as uh, several hundreds of thousands the selection process tends to be based on negative criteria so you don't digitize what is in bad condition what is uh, under copyright or in uh, foreign languages because because we 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 digitize as a matter of priority French uh, books in French, of course. So it's in, in an industrial process now uh, we're experiencing now. I want to bring up, now this is very recent, that the library in Lyon chose to, to, uh, to go with Google. Google. Yes. And I've read that they did that in part because your scanning program was too slow. No, because uh, I think it was a bad interpretation of what the director, with whom we have very good relations, said, actually, we are, our scanning process is, is quicker than the, the one in Lyon, uh, the, the, the current one. But that's not the problem. The, the, Lyon, uh, the city of Lyon made a decision for uh, financial reasons, because they couldn't afford the digitization of uh, 500,000 books. We, we know the price. It's, uh, it's very... hundred million dollars or Yes, it's very expensive. So but they would have to pay that to you? To have the scanning done, or who uh, uh, Lyon? Yeah, no, Lyon. Lyon. Google uh, scans for Lyon Understood. for free, and but they would have saved if they'd had to go through the Gallica well, process. Well, they would uh, have had to pay. No, 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 no. The, the, either the the state would have provided the money, but I don't think it, it was a priority, or the city or private sponsors. Uh, anyway, yes, anyway. Okay. they would have just to pay to raise them. the money. Yeah, for okay. for that. So it's a big saving for, for them. Of course, the consequence is that uh, Google has an exclusivity, uh, relative exclusivity on the, on the digitized uh, material for uh, quite a long period of time. But in the long run, uh, everything will be become available through different channels. I understand the choice. Uh, for me, um, uh, it's not really an issue that they, 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 chose, they chose Google as long as we can maintain our own programs. The, the difference between Google and, and our program or, the, or the, the other European program is not so much in the content because Google is currently digitizing huge and famous libraries, Harvard, Stanford, Oxford. part of Oxford. But it's not a digital library. A digital library is something different than digitized material. You have to figure out new architectures. That's the job of librarians. And Google has no librarians. The digitized books, huge quantities of books, which are going to be to become available to uh, to the whole world, but they don't try to to put in place new tools to to take advantage of this huge uh, quantity of, mater uh, of material. So, for example, what? Well, if you, for one request you have 1,000 answers, what is the, the hierarchy, what are the, uh, the re reliable sources, etc., etc., yeah. that's an intellectual added value, which is, is the essential contribution of, of a library. A, li a librarian uh, helps help access the right information. The right information to, absolutely, to make the correct assessments, etc., etc. So that's 
the direction in which we are going to, to work. So your emphasis would be on the scanning, of course, that has to be done. Has to be but done. But then the, the tools to help uh, the general public, Use the, let's say. Yeah, yeah. Because if it's an anthology, it's a, if it's a limited numbers of number of, of, of books which are, which are digitized, it doesn't matter. But when you have uh, hundreds of thousands or millions of, uh, of references, you need assistance. Surely Google would argue with you. Not, I don't think not on this point, uh, be, because their strategy, as far as I understand it, which is uh, uh, rational, is to have as many books as possible. Under in, their domain. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah in, the, in, the, in the public domain, in 10 or 15 years. And after that, perhaps they will consider a new, an, another phase. And they have the right then, obviously, to sell advertising around it, which is how they make their yes, money. Yes, yes, yes. Whereas yours, uh, there's no advertising around it? There's no advertising. No, okay. Or Although we're being audited by uh, uh, the French uh, uh, Inspection des Finances, and perhaps they will advise us to, <laughs> yes, to recommend selling, yeah, hiring a sales <laughs> but force. For the time being, we don't. Okay. I'm speaking with Bruno Racine, who's the uh, president of the Bibliothèque Nationale de France. I'd like to get your reflections on and thoughts on the amalgamation of the uh, archives and the <coughs> library in Canada. Yes. I visited my uh, Canadian counterpart, Jan Wilson, a very efficient and brilliant head of the library, library and archive of Canada. I think it makes sense to have the two domains, books and archives, under the same roof, especially if you consider the future. Many of the challenges are common. Uh, preservation issues, um, digitization, uh, preservation of digital data, which is a crucial issue. People are not aware of this, but uh, or, uh, not enough aware of this, but at home you know that your, your digital data can, can, disip, can vanish very quickly and they are much more perishable than books, for instance. So since uh, many editorial content now uh, is digital-born, doesn't exist on, on paper, how can we preserve it for the, uh, the, the future generation? This is a, a big issue which is shared by archives and, and libraries as well. So I think it, it makes sense and since uh, in Canada those institutions, the previous institutions were not so deeply rooted in, in history, it could be managed. In mm. France I can't see this happen because we like archives and the, the national former kings or royal library have existed for centuries. They are very huge uh, institutions and uh, although... But it makes sense though, uh, that's the thing. That logically, it seems to me uh, as an outsider, it, ma it makes sense to, you know, first of all there's the acquiring of the archival or whatever it might have to be, then there's cataloging there's, yes, there's of finding, identifying, of and then and telling, you know, tell, talking about and identifying what it is and its context, uh, context and then there's accessing. Conceptually, it. it's, it's not so different. Although uh, a national library uh, is supposed to collect everything which has been published, while an archive must, from the outset, make a choice. This is a theoretical distinction because in practice even these the differences now narrowing but it's a matter of, of, of history of size we have different buildings which are either uh, 17th century buildings 
or, or, or more recent ones, to merge the, the two... Uh, two cultures, too. Two huh? cultures, two networks, two big networks. I don't think we would save... Uh, because there are two empires that there's no way they deign to work together? On the, on the other hand, we have, we must work together on several issues. For instance, digital uh, repositories, that's something um, we could do together. It's funny though, it makes sense, common sense, to do this. Were you saying that this is reluctance because if the head of the archives in France agreed with you, then it would happen? Yes, but what would happen in practice? There would be a single uh, president above and then two vice presidents yeah. with different locations, different <laughs> staff and perhaps some functions like finance or, or budget could be merged. In practice it wouldn't change a, a lot. We, it would be more efficient we were, though, wouldn't it? Think? I'm not sure because we have also some elements in common with museums for instance. Uh, in the library we have of course books but not only books we have map prints works of art also yes. paintings etc etc and in those areas our problems are more like those of museum than of archive yeah. so so it's going to take a few years then well i think <laughs> the national library will remain a, a separate institution for a long time yeah. okay i'd like to uh, just uh, in closing uh, just talk about you you're a novelist I'm also a novelist, yes. And in fact, what was it, the governors of... Le Gouverneur de Moray. Moray, Moria is the former name of the, what is called Peloponnesus, in the ancient times and in modern times again. How old were you when you wrote it? I was uh, 29, I think. And it won Best First Fiction or Best First Novel? Best award? First Novel. Of uh, the year 82, so not of, not of all time. And, so, yeah. and and limit and limited to France as well. Okay, okay. So, uh, <laughs> pretty good. So it was not so. It was unexpected. Or, and what or was it? That, uh, it was a di I, I tried to imagine the diary of a Venetian governor in Greece, who at the beginning of the 18th century, builds a fortress, a very impressive fortress which actually exists. And when the, the, the fortress is completed, Venice decides to hand it over to the Turks. And the governor who is building this fortress suspects that there's something wrong, but is not sure. He's being undermined, then? Yes. By, by the people in the at head office. How he overcomes this frustration by transforming the old family palace in Venice into something sumptuous. So... And I assume there's a love interest. Not in the sense of a love story. It's more his love of what he's it, doing. Yes, love is what he's doing, yes. Why do you think it won the award? Well, I don't know, because it was... Uh, at that time, uh, there was a moment in France where, although it's based on history, but it's not based on actual research, it's really a fiction. There was an interest, again, in historical fiction uh, in France at the time. And you just happened to, to... As a metaphor of what was taking place in the, uh, in the real world, in the contemporary world. But after that, I wrote another historical novel, and the four, the other ones are all in the contemporary world. You stopped then. You became a very successful public servant. That's odd. Well, Is it odd? It's... <laughs> I don't think it's odd, it's not too frequent, but... Uh, it's pragmatic? It's not 
uh, exceptionals. We have some uh, very well-known French writers like uh, Giraudoux, Claudel, and others were were top civil servants. Other like Mallarmé were teachers. Saint John Perse, the Nobel Prize for, for literature, was also a top diploma, diplomat. Okay. Chateaubriand. It's more frequent. I served in diplomacy also. Uh, yes. It's more frequent in this category than in others. More I had frequent to in France then. You'd in say. France, yes. Yes. You know, it's quite almost contrary. Oh. The, the the world view of a writer versus the world view of a of a civil servant. But interesting. Finally, then. Uh, You've also written about, now is it How to Live in Tuscany? Rome the English, well. uh, those two books have been translated into English, yes. not my novel. Um, oh, not living, novel. living in Rome and Living in Tuscany. Yes. The, the, when I was director of the French Academy in Rome, Villa Medici, uh, I wrote uh, two, two books on Rome and Tuscany, and we made those books with a very good artist, uh, photographer, who was also a novelist, by the way, Alain Flecher. So it was a very... Uh, we love to do the, the, those books. I wrote, uh, I wrote the text. I chose the the places, etc., oh, etc. Et yeah, it's not only about uh, landscape or, or works of art, but also going into p- some people's houses, uh, restaurants, etc., etc. So very much a sort of a social. It's uh, like a yeah, social. And a, it's also a practical guide to a certain extent. And that takes us to to Stendhal, Ta-da, which is one of my passions. As a diplomat, my also not a very successful one, uh, no. but uh, and a lover and a lover, and perhaps not such a successful lover either. No, 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 because he was a very shy and awkward man. Pined after uh, women, but yeah. because of this frustration, he he, he wrote yes. very much. He channeled it into uh, into, that into literature. Have. Does that describe yourself? Oh, <laughs> I've been more lucky in in my <laughs> private life, and uh, I have a very family which I love very much. And you have four my, children, right? Yes, and uh, in my career, uh, you know, the, the the highest assignment that he ever had was Consul de France at Civitavecchia, uh, the the harbor of Rome, which was a very uh, <laughs> not a very attractive, appealing city, but I'm afraid he's a far greater writer than I ever uh, shall ever be. Well, you're making your uh, impact felt during your own lifetime, and and he uh, he still is with us. Well, having written though, this is your form of immortality. Will you write something else? Yes, of course. I, I'm, uh, although the, the, the my present job. Uh, is a quite a demanding one. It's, a, it's the largest cultural institution in France. I've undertaken a new, a new novel. But the f- really, I'm at the very beginning. Uh, I'm not able to write a book, in a, a novel, in, in six months. It takes me uh, two or three years. Uh, that's why. So I'm, I'm not 60, so, so I can add some, some others. Wonderful. Well, we'll, we'll, uh, we've got that to look forward to, and also the, uh, the new digital uh, library. Library. So, uh, thank you very much for sharing. No, your it's my with pleasure. Us. And uh, best of luck in the future. Thank you very much.